BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the Toast and Happy Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. Friday, Friday. Jackson Claird on Friday. Hey, Jax. Hey, Claird. How you doing? Today's such a treat because you were supposed to be lottered in LA, but you came home a day early, which meant that we could get back to business as usual here in our remote podcasting setup. So hi. Hi. Yes. What a nice treat that we ended up. This week was very fluid up in the air. And then we ended up starting the week together and ending the week together. We had great episodes in between, but I'm sorry. There is nothing like Jackson Clerd remote setup. I have to say, that is definitely my favorite way to podcast. I prefer it to podcasting in person. Really? You prefer it to when I'm in New York or you're yes. in Flamingos? Yes. I have a hot wow. take, actually. I have a hot take. I wonder why. I have a hot take. Okay, what's your take? I like, Joe, I, like, I hate podcasting in Flamingos. Like, I feel like I do my worst work there. And I always look ugly. I feel like we always have a really fun episode because we have so many things to share because we've been doing like fun things down here. Same with when I'm in New York, but like we lead our own lives there. So it's like when you're here, like you're living with me, we just have like so many funny stories, like staying up late night, chit chat, watching stuff together. But the next time you maybe come to New York, you might be staying at my house too. That's true. So we might have that same energy that you don't like apparently. Uh, actually, yeah, maybe don't stay with me. <laughs> No, I um I feel like I haven't even spoken about how I'm literally moving in like five days. That that's how I like to move in this world. Like you know, do things in the dark and they'll show in the light. Like you don't need to tell everyone every step that you're taking. But oh, then, okay. bam, I'm in a new house. Bam, that's good counts. Bam, a fucking a bullet, bullet rips, rips off part of your head. head. Your brains are laying on the ground in little bloody pieces. Now I ask you. Would you give a fuck what kind of pants the son of a bitch you shot you was wearing? Let's talk about that. Sure. I mean, best movie ever, My Cousin Vinny, if you haven't seen it. Imagine. Finish watching The Toast. Finish watching The Toast because that's what you need to do today. We need your download. And then go watch My Cousin Vinny. It's probably one of the greatest monologues in cinematic history. And I'll, of course, recreate it. But then I do have a story for you. Okay. Imagine you're a Dia. So you, here, let me just, yeah, yeah, just yeah. set yeah, it yeah, up yeah, because... Yeah, 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 um, yeah, 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 yeah. What's her name in Marissa real life? Tomei. Marissa Tomei, she's dating Vinny, Vinny, my cousin. He's a lawyer and he's going hunting with the legal team down in wherever the fuck they are trying to get his cousin off of a murder case. Yeah. And he's trying to pick out his pants for the hunt. So he's asked, and Marissa Tomei at this point has just had enough with Vinny. Like, yeah, they're like living in a motel. Yeah. Like they're from the north. They're like in the south, in the sticks. Yeah. She's not 
what for this life? So he's like, what do you think of my pants? And she's just done and she storms out of the bathroom and she says, imagine you're a deer. You prance it along, you get a little thirsty, you spot a little brook. You put your little deer lips down to the cool, clear water. And bam! A fucking bullet rips off part of your head. Your brains are laying on the ground in little bloody pieces. Now I ask you, would you give a fuck what kind of pants the son of a bitch who shot you was wearing? Scene ends. Now, I want to say, like, for many, and this is something, like, I've, time to be honest, you know? Mm -hmm. This is a monologue I have memorized and recited many times. At at one point, like, I definitely made it part of my personality. And I just want to say, I have a very distinct memory of us as a family watching that movie and becoming obsessed with that monologue. And, like, it was your thing. And I, like, I literally stole it from you. And I'm like, I know the monologue. Like, I made it my thing. I... I, I know that I did that and I'm sorry. And like, it's that my. Is so nice because I would never have said it because I would sound fucking crazy. You would. Like you mon- would. <laughs> if I said like the monologue was mine, I really was. identified with it and I plucked it out from yes, the movie and you like did. it really resonated you did. with me. <laughs> and I stole it. And then I'm like, I know the monologue. Like, I made it my. Like, I made it my. For, I feel like for a while on like my Snapchat back in the day, I used to like do it all the time. Yeah, but I also feel like I can recognize that, like, you did it better than me. So, like, oh, you take nice. it and you run with it. I feel like that happens a lot of times on the show. It's like, I'll have, like, an idea or a thought that, like, I sort of whisper. And then you give it, like, a megaphone. And, you know, that's why we're such a great team. Yeah, because it, I'm... It takes both. You're the creator and I'm the thief. No, I'm the creator, but you're the megaphone. Okay, yeah. I just wanted to, like... I wanted mostly to let the audience, but more so you know. Like, I'm aware of... I'm I feel conscious. so seen right now. Okay, that's good. That's good. I thought maybe you wouldn't know what I was talking about, but like I have a vivid memory of like, it was like you were obsessed with it and I stole it. Right. No, I've like suppressed that over the years because it's just like, it because it you're, used no longer, it. you're used to it. And it was just like no longer mine and, and trying to like make, like I would just sound fucking crazy. Like, the, like it's mine. So yeah, I just had to yours. let it go. I um, had to let it go. I would never have said that on the show because I would have sounded nuts. Yeah, no, like you can't steal a monologue. <laughs> like I invented the monologue. You did. In this family. Claudia, thank you. You're welcome. This means a lot. Wow, I'm so glad that you knew what I was talking about. But also, like, I can recognize you do it better. You have the more, like, theatrical personality. I also just can't imagine you, like, with the sharp fucks, you know? Like, yeah, you have yeah. to say, do it, do it. No, no, no. no. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> I, um, I, I, I mouthed it when you were doing it. So people, like, got the gist. Jackie, come on. Like, give us your best Oscar-winning performance. But you, uh, you know I'm not an actress. This is why this isn't for me. Like, that's why I was happy to let you take it, really, Claudia. For sure. But you deserve your shiny moment with the monologue that you wrote. So you go. No, I just... She's so shy. Do it. Do that it. That it's just not going to be great. No, it's going to be amazing. What are you talking about? Come on. No, no. I'm shy. Come on. No, no, no. It's okay. Come on. It's yours. It's your thing. I no, don't for sure. I don't want to on your toes. No, but it's your thing. Like, come on. <laughs> it's okay the audience doesn't want to hear it again guys drop a, a comment do you want to hear there anything like more annoying and upsetting than someone like putting you on the spot to do something that you really don't want to do yes I'll tell you what it is putting someone on the spot and they won't do it like on yesterday's episode Heather McDonald was talking about how she loves to sing and I didn't know that about her and I'm like sing something for us and I thought she was gonna like be like no she didn't miss a fucking beat she started singing immediately and she has an amazing voice wow yeah I didn't know that about her you know what? I'm noticing a trend and I have a theory that's coming to me. I feel I know, like a by lot the of- way, I know exactly what you're going to say and I know exactly who 
made you think this? No, it's you and now saying Heather McDonald, because I was going to say, I feel like a lot of podcasters and creators like have actually a really nice voice. And uh, I think the person you're talking about is also Remy. Yes. Like a lot of influencers, creators, podcasters have a nice voice. And I feel like maybe they entered into like public life because like becoming a pop star wasn't happening for them. So yes. it's like they've had this voice their whole life that they thought maybe would make them a star and you know, it took them nowhere. So they've tried a different avenue and have achieved fame in that way. But it's not a coincidence that all of those people have a nice voice because they grew up like always being the star of the show. Okay, I Remy was a person I thought also, but I also recently saw a TikTok where Alex Cooper was singing and she had a good voice. And I I'm was telling like- telling you, Claudia. No, it's I It's my think theory. Okay, your theory is good too, but I also think there's an alternate side of the theory where it's like maybe just having like a decent voice is super common. What do you, how do you explain me? No, like you're one of the outliers. I'm saying like maybe having a good voice isn't the Carrying exception. A tune. Isn't the exception. Maybe you're the exception. I would love to see percentages. How right. many people like, you know, polls, let's do a poll. How many people have like an amazing voice? How many people have like a lovely voice can carry a tune? And how many people have a bad voice like me? Right. It's so crazy to me that like you can't even like sing a song. I know. It's so sad because I'm such a musical person. Of course. And I imagine when you have children, like so much of I'm their early years, the yes, are revolved Though, around music. I do think that some of the children's like lullaby songs are really easy to, yes. I, I think I sound nice. Obviously you guys heard when I sang Can't Help Falling in Love. That was yeah, a classic huge. Jackie O hit, but like you are my sunshine. It's like just a couple notes. I don't think you can really fuck it up, even me. Now, I hate to be like such a nitpicker and like a control freak, but you know that the aesthetic of this show is my pride and joy. And your mic flag is upside down. La. La I switched over my studio this I know, morning. I know. I can't. That's I'm not why. angry. Thank you so much. Oh, I feel better. But I just feel like, one, we should clip something from the beginning of the show so the upside down mic flag goes viral. Engagement. I'm thinking the Marissa Tomei moment for a clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> and also, do you know the, the conspiracy theory about Marissa Tomei and the Oscars? Run it by me. Okay, let me just look it up. Because, do you know. you know it? <laughs> no. Um, do you Damn, I wish remember- I refilled my coffee this morning. Do you remember, of course, Moonlight, you know, the whole La La Land kerfuffle? Yes, yes. So she won the Oscar for My Cousin Vinny. And there's this big conspiracy theory that, like, the envelope was wrong. Not that she didn't deserve it, but if you watch the, it, it appeared like the envelope was open already and maybe, and, and they didn't fix it. Like, okay. they fixed La La Land, but they're saying, they say the conspiracy theory that, like, with Marissa Tomei, they just, you know, they covered it up. Mm-hmm. Just like a thought. Okay, cool. I love that. It literally doesn't matter because the Oscars are ridiculous. Like, okay, you won or you didn't win. Your life is the same, really. So true. It's kind of like this arbitrary thing. No, oh it's my God. beyond arbitrary. Wait, we've been talking for 11 minutes and we haven't even given our big announcement of the day. We have so many announcements all the time. It's hard to keep them in check, but this one is so exciting. It is. You want to go or you want me to go? You do it. You have your hand. You have your hand. Go, go, go. I have my hand on the newest Spritz Society flavor, Passion Fruit. It is so good. This one I got to try before release. I tried it last week and it's so freaking good. So I'm going to 
I'm going to show you the can. It's a gorgeous magenta. Yeah, it's pinky, really cute. purple color. Like it complements the other can so beautifully. We but it had, stands on its own too. It's its own personality. We had polled everyone asking what they think the next flavor should be. So this is exactly what people wanted. The number one requested flavor was passion fruit. It's so tasty. If it wasn't so early, I would crack one open. But maybe like tonight, a little Shabbat passion fruit. Yeah, it's very ASMR. tropical. Like you feel like you're on vacation. It's island vibes. It's so good. People are saying it's our best flavor yet. And that's what's so exciting. Every time we were, they said that about pink lemonade. You know, they said yeah, that they about peach. Yeah, they do say that about pink lemonade. Oh, peach. Right. It's like we keep topping ourselves. And I have to say, this is stunning. Like really, really stunning. Really stunning. I'm so happy to like welcome her to the family. Every spritz, new can, new flavor. Like it feels like you're birthing a child. Yeah. And this is a beautiful, wonderful child. And the um, the campaign that was shot for it features. We hired a, a big time model. A big time model. Are the images out yet? They should be out like today, right? By the time this episode goes up, everyone will be able to purchase and everyone will be able to see the model, the photo shoot. Okay, so our big model. Counselor Snitch. She's having a big month. First, she's a muse for a children's book. Now she's a, like the face of Spritz Society Passion Fruit. She's not going to talk to you for a month after calling her a big model. <laughs> Wait, speaking of models. She's, she's not wrong for that. <laughs> speaking of models, I totally forgot to tell you about my Spritz meet and greet in LA. I met so many toasters. It was fabulous. And I met a couple interesting toasters with interesting stories to tell. Ready? Listening. These two girls, they were so tall and beautiful. I'm like, okay, models. They're like, no, we are models. Like, by trade. We are toaster models. And they really came all this way to the meet and greet and waited in line to thank us for our service of defending modeling. And how, you know. Bringing light to the plight bringing of models. Bringing light to the plight of models. They were like, you speak to our soul every time. You know, people always diminish our work, you know. You just stand there and look pretty. And you guys constantly, you know reaffirming the trials and tribulations of being a model is they feel very seen. So I wanted to share that with you. I love that for us. Plot twist. Like honestly, hot take, the coal miners could never. Oh my God. The the coal miners could never, but also the models could never. Right. Honestly, models should marry coal miners because they both have such strong work ethics in jobs that are underappreciated. And they, they, they both have plights. They both have plights. That need to be brought into the light. And another toaster I met, which was so interesting. I already told you this. I wish I didn't tell you. I wish I could have gotten your natural reaction on the podcast, but I think all the toasters need to know this. Oh, this is so important, you guys. He's a celebrity hairstylist and he works for, you know, a very popular podcaster who we have outright beef with. And he's a big toaster, so he listens every day. And he has told the Smartless guys about our attempts to cancel them and hashtag uh, Smartless is over party. He said they thought it was hilarious. Like, they know it's a joke. Okay. And they thought it was hilarious. And honestly, it was the best piece of news anyone's ever told me. It is so, so funny. It's funny because, like, I would feel like those guys, like, have no idea who we are. But, like, if they check their charts, like, we're right there. They say our big, ugly faces every day. Right. And they know we're creeping up on them. So... I'm just like, so it's weird that it shocks me so much that they like know about our podcast. Yeah. But of course they do. Wait, also speaking of our two big faces, I was having a thought recently because our we had a whole rebrand photo shoot for mm -hmm. our cover art. And that was probably like 30 pounds ago for me. And part of me is, is, you know, mad and wants my current physique to be reflected in our artwork. But then another part of me is like, what if I gain weight and then I have to look at this skinny photo every day for the podcast? I think I'd actually prefer to leave it as is, right? 
Yeah, I mean, there's nothing to talk about now until I'm down like another 10, 20. Right. So we can revisit this maybe in the spring. No, but I'm saying I don't think we need to revisit it. I feel like it's a fair representation of both of us. Like it's not, it's not like my heaviest postpartum look, but it's, and it's not my like lowest. Um, I like, I'm, I'm not obsessed with the photos, but I do not hate them. Like, I feel like that's how you should feel. Yeah, no, I, I actually, I feel like you it. should be, abs- you should be obsessed with the photos, honestly. Like it's every day. Yeah. But imagine like, you know, I if will it was go like off 2019 me and I had to look at that all the time and it was right. just like, and Upsetting. then people would be like, she doesn't look like that anymore. And I like, what is more hurtful than that? No, that so, like, I, I just like hurt my own feelings with that. Right. I brought it up to say, like, I think we should leave it, even though we weren't even talking about not leaving it. No. And we're not the kind of people that have like a, a photo shoot a year. Like we do one every five years. Like I'll talk to you in 2028. No. And we went so hard on that photo shoot. We spent so much money. Like it was a fancy ass photo shoot. We leave like we're leaving it. And I don't think we have evolved enough since that shoot to where like the concept would be any different yeah. than it was for that shoot. Like in five years, who knows what ideas we'll have for a photo shoot. But like right now I'd say, yeah, like pink blazers sitting on the floor with a microphone. What else are we going to do? Champagne and cigars. Right. Yeah. I think it's good. I look forward to evolving past it. Me too. But what would be next? That's the thing. I don't know. It's fun to think about, but we have, we've yeah. got four years. We've got four years. Four more years. I'm so <laughs> happy to be home, by the way. I was supposed to be on a flight like now. And the thing with LA is when you fly home, you lose your whole day. Like I would have lost this whole day. I was supposed to pre-record with Ben yesterday. This is so much better. Oh, there was a celebrity on my flight, Pedro Pascal. I feel like I love flying the New York, LA route. There's, I've seen Aziz Ansari on a flight. I've seen Akon on a flight. And now I can add Pedro Pascal. I was like, no way. I'm not like super familiar with him. I didn't watch that show. I watched Narcos, but I wasn't like 100. I'm like, Game I knew it was him. What? He gets his eyes squeezed out by the mountain. Oh my God, you're right. I forgot. Wait. We don't talk about him enough when we talk about the cast of Game of Thrones. But the, the commenters always remind us that he is, you know, one of the more successful people who came out of Game of Thrones. But I feel like, like Peter Dinklage, like we know him before, before. Game of Thrones and we know him after. So I don't think of him as like just Game of Thrones. Yeah, no, you're right. But wait, I totally forgot. But he also had like a brief stint. He wasn't. He wasn't a main character. Also, I feel like a lot of the main characters, you know, they were the younger, they were the kids of powerful people, like yes. the Stark kids and the Lannisters. And so they didn't have much of a career beforehand because they're 12. Um, so it's like different to compare it to like the actors who are like 40, 50. Yeah, yeah. He was from Dorne, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, speaking of Game of Thrones, our Halloween episode is coming up. Yeah, we, we started to prepare. Last night. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so excited. It's going to be so too. good. I think it's going to be like one of our Hall of Fame like moments. It's like when it's like it just makes too much sense, you know? And then ben sometimes and I, we really have to like grasp at straws. Like even yes. though this was such a fun one, like Ryan and Sharpay was like out of control. I would say that wasn't like our, our best one. <laughs> no, but there's never been a bad one, but it's like no. when you're comparing it to the grits. What do you think is our greatest? Maybe the Jonas Brothers just because yeah. of snitch. Yeah. Oh, wait. No. William and Harry is their greatest. Yes. Wait, Jackie, we need snitch and I have a, a role for her. Yeah, of course. Me too. Okay. Okay. Wait. I wonder if it's the same. It is. Is it? Okay, we'll talk offline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, William and Harry was the best one. Here, yeah. Hands down. 
I, I do have a special place in my heart for the Jonas Brothers, like Margot being Kevin while having strep throat and wanting to kill us. Like the guitar, Paul Nassif, like. But also I feel like it's not even about what we do in the episode. It's about like, we'll shoot like a video right yes. before. And like that Jonas Brothers video is fucking hysterical of us fighting yep. for the front and Margot's like <laughs> miserable in the back. And then the William and Harry and Queen video, like that's the best video we've ever done. Yeah. We had Sharpay, we had the Kardashians. We had Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, yeah, that was a good one. I feel one. like we're missing one. We've been well, doing this for the like breath. five years. No, no, no. So the breath, we were each other. Yeah, great. <laughs> but a great episode that fractured our relationship indefinitely. Yeah, we will never do that again. I wouldn't recommend doing that with friends. Like you get to know what someone really thinks of you when they pretend to be you. It's fucking hurtful. <laughs> then we were Kardashians, which yep. was a hit. Yep. Snitch as Snitch Jenner. Uh-huh. So good. Then we were Jonas Brothers. Then Ryan and Sharpay. William and Harry. Then Ryan, then and, Ryan Sharpay. and Sharpay. Then Game of then Thrones. Game Five. of Thrones. Okay. And then this year is pretty good too. Yeah. I think t- this year will be top three. Yeah. We have to also... Um, are you going to come here? I don't think so. I don't. It will be our first Halloween remote, but I actually think that might be better. I agree. I agree. Okay. So not to like keep being talking about something that you guys have no idea what we're talking about, but it'll all make sense soon. And then Ben and I are going to Heidi Klum's Halloween party and we have an amazing costume. Like really, really stellar. I I went, you know, uh, I bought something on Poshmark. Wow. Yeah, because I needed the perfect outfit. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, my other, my personal life costume, you guys are going to be quaking. I don't think I know what it is. I don't think you do either, but if you thought hard enough, you could piece it together. Okay. Because it's like family Joe and the kids. Family costume. Chip and Joe and the kids? No. Okay, wait, let me think, let me think, let me think. If I guess it right, will you tell me? Yeah. Okay. It's really not suspenseful. I was like kind of kidding. Oh, but what, what are you like obsessed with? Or like It's not about me. It's not about me. Are you going to be Miss Rachel in the crew? <laughs> Um, I'm hanging up my overalls. (laughs) Wait, what are the, what are your kids obsessed with? Like, oh my God, are you going to be the camper and the counselor? No, but that's really cute. There's no boys in the, in the the bunk. Um, you know, wait, why am I blinking? Oh, Miki. 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 So I'll be Minnie. Cute, cute, cute. Really cute. Yeah. Miki. Miki Mouse. So cute. So that's a little Halloween teaser. Excited for that. We've got and a lot of fun stuff coming up. We do. So I think we should just get into it, into the Fast Five stories that you need to know. And the Fast Five stories that you need to know are brought to you by Loft. I've become obsessed with Loft. Not enough people talk about Loft for fall fashion. I just got a sick kind of quilted green jacket. And they're introducing Loft cashmere we're adding a little bit more luxe to our line over at over at loft this is a soft launch if you will they're offering a hundred percent cashmere sweaters in a range of silhouettes and colors but they're also offering matching hats sets scarves and socks. So Loft is back and better than ever with a fall collection of fun feminine fashion. Loft has orchestrated a modern mix of all day, any day pieces that offer endless versatility. We're talking about plays on proportion, soft, touchable textures, exciting new ways to layer with ideas on how to effortlessly put together and pull off the latest have to have styles. This fall collection is definitely one to celebrate and includes everything you need to build stylish, feel good outfits, tip to toe. Um, So let's start showing up for ourselves and each other by wearing what we love. 
Loft is just so underrated. I feel like for many years, they've really just been turning out looks. And now everyone's taking notice, whether you need cute outfits for uh, work, for girls' night out, for cozy vibes. Their cashmere is everything. Loft is the place to go, and not enough people are talking about it. That's why we're working with them. So as a thanks for listening, from now through January 1st, 2024, use code TOAST at loft.com to receive $25 off your full price purchase. Exclusions apply. See podcast description for terms. That's code TOAST at loft.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by State Farm. So you think Jake from State Farm, is it? No. It's Turdy and Jax from State Farm. It's and the Jax State- from State Farm. It's Jax from State Farm. And the State Farm personal price plan helps you create a plan that gives you options so you get an affordable price. And it comes with a lot of benefits like the coverage you want, a policy that helps cover what's important to you, and an affordable price just for you. Because after all, life is better when you can personalize your experiences. So think about it like this. What are your music playlists, podcast feeds, and social media scrolls all have in common? Well, they're a reflection of you. We all know my social media page these days is full of, you know, the girls on their Manjaro journeys. Jackie's is probably more about like you know night feeding and co-sleeping or whatever those (laughs) things are about and that's what the State Farm personal price plan has in common it gives you options to help you personalize your coverage so you can protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you so you can see more of yourself in everything that you do and I just want to say uh the new heights podcast is also sponsored by State Farm and Travis was doing his little jingle and so I'm just gonna one-up him because his like wasn't good and they tried to harmonize okay so let's try to harmonize oh okay two one like, like a good, a good neighbor, neighbor state, state farm, farm is, there. is there okay i don't think that's i don't good. know what i did like a good neighbor state farm is there call or go to statefarm.com today to create your state farm personal price plan prices do vary by state options selected by customer availability and eligibility may vary so just call or go to statefarm.com today to create your state farm personal price plan because life is just better comedy is better pers- uh, poetry is better food is just better when it's personalized. And State Farm understands that. So thank you, Jax, from State Farm. Thank you, La Turd from... Yeah, welcome. State Firm. La Turd from State Firm. <laughs> Our first story, Britney Spears, another bombshell from her memoir. Like, the hits start coming and they don't, don't stop, stop coming. I talked about this with Olivia when we did the podcast together, but I will definitely be reading her book now. Like, yeah, there's a lot of compelling things coming out, and she's recalling sobbing during her excruciating at-home abortion with Justin Timberlake. Heart. So Brittany aborted her and Justin's baby at home without telling her family that she had been pregnant. The Stronger Singer shares in her forthcoming memoir that she and Justin agreed not to go to a doctor or hospital in order to keep their secret from going public. Quote, it was important that no one find out about the pregnancy or the abortion, which meant doing everything at home, she wrote in her book. Spears, who was about 19 at the time, describes the physical pain of the medication abortion as excruciating. Terminating a pregnancy using pills causes, quote, cramping and bleeding to empty your uterus, according to Planned Parenthood, which compares the process to an early miscarriage. She said, I kept crying and sobbing until it was all over, she wrote in her book. It took hours, and I don't remember how it ended, but I do 20 years later remember the pain of it and the fear. No, it's so sad. Um... Yeah, I agree. This book is everywhere, like so many little things. And you really get a picture, even just like from the excerpts that, that we're reading, of how probably <coughs> damaged and and broken Brittany is. And then you, you have a lot of sympathy for the person we're seeing now because that's a person who's been through extraordinary things. Yeah. And I feel like when we think of like the years that probably hurt her the most, you think of like the conservative... The good- 
Right. The conservatory, conservatorship. Conservatory. And, conservatory. And um, that period of time. And of course, you like think about the fact that she was a child star and there are things that come along with that. But like, I just feel like all of this is so compounded over the years. But by the time, the you know, she finishes telling her story, it's like, how could anyone be okay? Yeah, it's really, really sad. And I saw she has beat ha- Prince Harry for most books sold. I think he had sold like three and a half million and I read somewhere and don't quote me on this because it was a tweet, but that she's already sold nine million books. I didn't see anything like that, but it's not even out yet. No, I know. So I don't know if that's true. And I, I think a lot of, um, there's a lot of stuff coming out about this book for press because she can't really do interviews. Yeah. So I think a lot of stuff is just being thrown to create hype, which is a smart PR I tactic. Mean, it's, it's worked for me. It is. It is. It's I working. said months ago I, I wasn't going to read it, but now I'm certainly going to read it. Are you going to read it? Yeah. Yeah. I also, um, I can't help but think about Justin Timberlake. Oh, yeah. He's having a bad month, week, year. You know, he's I, trying to hide behind NSYNC and his sync. new song. And yeah. It's a, it's a decent move because they're so beloved. He can use some of that goodwill, but it's not a good look for him. Yeah. The timing is interesting because I, I felt like he was relatively nowhere to be seen for a while and maybe he should have kept that energy until the hype of the book is over and then do the in sync thing because now I think the in sync thing will be washed away by this yeah I was also saying to Olivia like he should write a book too yeah he's definitely in his villain era and I think he'll be there for a while and everyone can have some sort of redemption era as well but I do think it'll be a while yeah well, I haven't seen that much. I mean, I also don't see a lot. You know, I'm not on TikTok and I don't know where these things happen. Like the pitchforks come out to play. But I haven't seen that much energy for him like in this moment. Have you? Yeah, especially with the abortion. And like now people are just going back and rewatching his music video for Cry Me a River and Britney's music video for... Um, Every time. Right, where there's a woman giving birth. And I don't think people really understood what that meant at the time. So now that we're going back. We have content and we didn't yeah. know now that we know we can go back with more information I I think it's gonna get worse for him. for sure yeah well our next story another trip down memory lane memory lane because Aaron Foster claims Chad Michael Murray had an egregious affair with Sophia Bush while they were dating wait I saw this and I want to talk about it and then I also want to talk about Sophia Bush because you and I haven't spoken about it and I'm obsessed with that story because you know I was obsessed with Ashlyn and Allie like during the women's soccer when they were you know winning and everyone was obsessed with them that was like when Taylor brought them out like and then they got married and everyone was obsessed I was obsessed I followed them both on Instagram still yeah I'm shocked well, Erin Foster is getting candid about her relationship with ex-boyfriend Chad Michael Murray. Erin, um, who's an OC alum and daughter of David Foster, opened up about Wait, her dating. Erin was on the OC? Yeah. She was dating um, Seth. I think what? she... Yeah, yeah, I think she worked at the... That was Olivia Wilde. No. Who worked I, at the bar. No, I'm telling you. Oh, no, she played Heather. Oh, my God. Even... Okay, you're right. She played, like, Volchuk's, like, girlfriend. Heather. No. Yes. I'm sorry, the Foster sisters are iconic. Like Sarah Foster in 90210, not enough people talk about their acting resumes because they're stellar. They're stellar. Like they're such good actresses. It's like, it's not like, oh, I saw Erin Foster in this. It's like, oh, that was Heather. Right. No, I mean, Jen from 90210, Naomi's sister, one of the greatest characters in in cinematic history. And that was Sarah Foster. Agreed. Agreed. Obsessed. But like also their show, Barely Famous, like was so good. It was like too smart and funny for this world because everybody likes crap. Yeah, everybody likes crap. 
Anyways. That's how I felt about Gary Gennetti's, uh animated The Prince. Like, too too funny and witty for this world. Like, people couldn't appreciate it. And that's also, why it was canceled. Like, Alan Gregory. Alan fucking Gregory. Yeah. No, so many shows like that are, tr- the society, like, too good. Yeah. Too above people's heads. They, 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 like, they were too good. They had no choice but to be canceled. Yeah, because people are dumb. We're seeing that every day right now, how yeah. dumb people are. I'm in shock over the dumbness. I'm not. I'm No, I shouldn't be, but, like, I seriously am at the volume. The and volume, the, yeah. The volume and the level of stupidity I'm seeing on the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's so So, of fair. course, like, we can't have shows like Barely Famous and Alan Gregory. Definitely not Alan Gregory. <laughs> not enough people talk about Jonah Hill's one-season wonder animated FX show where he plays this, like, six-year-old kid who has like the brain of a 45 year old and he has two gay dads and they're in a throuple. Like it was, and he goes to like middle school with these moronic kids, but he himself is like this really kind of refined. Like erudite man. Yeah. It, and he brings like his sushi in his briefcase. It's the best show. And it happens to be one of the shows I have, like I had bought it on iTunes. Anytime I'm on a flight and I like don't have Wi-Fi, and I have the only thing I can watch is Alan Gregory. And it really aged very well. I'm sure it does. So funny. Anyways, let's get to the story. Can we? Erin opened up about her dating life on the latest episode of her and her sister Sarah's podcast, The World's First Podcast, and alleged that she'd been jilted by Chad Michael Murray in the past. She said, um, I was also featured in this Dumois thing with Chad Michael Murray. In it, it said, and apparently he cheated on her with Sophia Bush. By the way, Dumois is not, they don't lie. I mean, that is what happened. Erin was like, yeah. He definitely did cheat on me with her in like a pretty egregious way while we were living together. Oh my God, they were living together. She said, I'm, oh, I'm, I've moved on though. I'm over it now. She said, I'm just barely over it. Just barely. Um, I didn't know that yeah, they no, dated. Him and Sophia Bush got married. Yeah. I had no idea that she dated him either. She but dated like, him in 2001 to 2002. So like we were nine. No, but that's so foster sisters. Like they really have been at the center of pop culture forever. And so when I saw this story, I didn't know that they had dated, but it made complete sense to me. Yeah. And I feel like Chad Michael Murray is another one of those who was really popular in the early 2000s and things come out about him now all the time that are like not good. Really? Yeah, I feel like because the One Tree Hill girls are always talking. They have a podcast. They do events together. um, And they're like naming names, you know? What do they say about him? Well, there was like a showrunner on that show who was very inappropriate. And a lot of them have like really bad experiences from the show. And I don't remember exactly what they said, but they, they talk about it all the time because he and uh, Sophia Bush had a very bad divorce. Yeah. So Sophia Bush, like that's what I want to talk about. Sophia Bush. I'm obsessed with this story. Like, so now people are saying that Ashton Harris cheated on Allie Krieger because Allie Krieger had like a big party and like a bunch of her soccer friends were there and her brother commented on it Kyle Krieger which is such a great name Kyle Krieger and he was like he wrote something about like two timing Hmm. yeah but also they have a child together Ashlyn and two and Ashlyn took mama out of her Instagram bio I saw that but, like, did she overhaul the whole bio, you know? Right, right. It's pos- She did. She did a rebrand. But I don't know. I, I'm not a mom, so I don't know. But, like, to put it in, once you put it in, like, that's something you don't take out. No, unless you're, like, then, you know, just just doing something completely different. Not, like, being, like, soccer player, mama, author, daughter, lover. Like, and instead you're just, like, check out my new short series. 
Okay, wait, no, her mom is mom is now in there. Proud mom to Sloan and Ocean, retired retired professional athlete, two time world champion. Okay, yeah, so she's listing her accolades. If she like wiped all that and was instead like you know, Ukrainian flag, then I don't think people would be like so concerned where'd mama go. Okay, and Ali says proud mommy, footballer. Oh wow, she's British, PSU alum and trustee, and Adidas football athlete. Yeah, they're listing their accolades. So I, if as long as it's not out of there, it's not. But so she had a party. And like, it appeared like a lot of the soccer girls that we know, like Megan Rapinoe, like they were with her. So I feel like Ashlyn, oh, and then like the U.S. women's soccer team. I'm obsessed with this story. The U.S. women's soccer team put up a photo because it was just Ashlyn's birthday. Happy birthday, two-time world champ, Ashlyn Harris. The comments, because they say she's like a two-timer. Two-time world champion. Oh. Two-timer. Two-timer indeed. Like, it's a play on words. Mm. Yeah. I, so there's a lot going on in the women's soccer team universe. Yeah. And then, by the way, so Sophia Bush had been, like, friends with the couple. If you go back on Instagram, there's a lot of times Sophia Bush commented on stuff and was, like, giving kind of, like, desperate energy. And now to know, like, she's with one of them, it's too much. Yeah. I'm, I don't know enough about all these people. Like, even, like, what I was saying to Olivia, even Sophia Bush, like, I never, you watched One Tree Hill up until a point. I didn't, I don't watch women's soccer. I didn't follow the two girls that Got were, it. like, on the team who were together. And so, like, really, this is just an interesting story to me, but I'm not invested like you are. I'm invested because when the women's soccer team like were so popular with their big win at the World Cup or whatever, um, everyone was talking about them. And then I realized like so many of them follow me on Instagram. So I followed them all back. And now I'm just like, I'm a, basically the goalie. Actually, You're part of the team. Ashlyn <laughs> Harris is the goalie. Was the goalie. You're the water boy. Pretty much. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm like Nate. You're the kit man. Yeah, I'm the kit man. What do they call that in the U.S.? Because we don't call it a kit. I think that's a, no, not the water boy. No, it's like the uniform person. I feel like, I don't know. Makes you think. They would give it like a nice name. It would be like, you know, linen manager. Yeah. Hmm. Sound up in the comments. I love love sports. sports. No, I really love sports. Everything I've been watching recently, like, ties back to sports. Sports are having such a moment. Like, between football and tailored and Beckham. Beckham. And what was the other thing I just, oh, I just watched Kelsey. Right, at home with the Furies. Like, all different types of sports are getting their moment for everyone. I know sports have been popular always, but, like, with a specific group. But now they're they're popular. Yeah, finally, sports are popular. No, when I tell you, like, I'm going to watch football tonight. Like, oh, I'm going to get chilly. When I tell you, last night I was scrolling on TV for something to watch waiting for Southern Charm to come on and I was looking for a football game and it was not on no so I I felt like football was on every night but it's not and actually I have some notes for like the programming of the football society but it's Friday night Sunday night and Monday night and uh, Sunday day and Monday night but like there's a few games Friday and Monday and then all of them are on at the same time on Sunday like it Spread it out. I would watch it every night if I really would. Yeah, that way the husbands don't have to be with like their four screens. Yeah, all day iPad. Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Free just idea. A, just a note. Are you ready for our next sport story? Speaking of sports adjacent. Oh yeah. 
Taylor Swift, Selena Gomez, and friends get a bite to eat in LA during uh, Connecticut pandemonium over Travis Kelsey dining rumors. So that's oh, a yeah, separate that was crazy. story. Yeah. There was this fake news that they were in Connecticut when they were not. Instead, Selena and Taylor were in LA um, grabbing some sushi in West Hollywood with Zoe Kravitz and Kelly Sperry. What is the name of this sushi place? Sushi Park. Because like the photos... That's where we saw, it's the same restaurant where we saw Kylie and Jordan Jordan. Woods reunite for the first time. Yeah. It appears to be in like a mall. It's like a strip mall. Yeah. It looks like not a fancy place and every A-lister goes there. The sushi must be amazing. Yeah. You should have gone. Well, you don't even love sushi. Ben should have gone. Ben should have gone. What's it called again? What? Sushi Park. Sushi Park. Okay. It doesn't even sound fancy. Um... Also, Blake Lively was there. Yeah, sorry. There was just a a confusing worded sentence. Okay, so Blake Lively, Zoe Kravitz, Kelly, Taylor, and Selena. Yes. So it's basically like Taylor's crew and Selena joined. Because Selena's not like, Selena's not like part of the larger group. No, she's just like a bigger star who Taylor knows and is really, really close to. She's just like, like Taylor's like camp friend. Yeah, but like Kelly and Blake definitely know each other. Zoe and Blake definitely know. Like they're a crew in and of themselves. Got it. So Selena got the invite to hang out with the home friends. Yeah, yeah, no, it's literally camp friend. Got it. Okay, cute. Especially because I think Selena permanently resides in LA. And Blake is, they live in like Toronto, right? No, they live upstate. In New York? Yeah. They live upstate? I don't know why I know that, but I do know that. Why did I think they lived in Canada? Because he's Canadian, Van City. No, they live in Canada, like I'm telling you. Why do you think they live upstate and where? Um, I actually know the name of the town, but I'll just... Are you not going to say it? No, because I don't know how I know it, so I'm not going to say it. Where Blake Lively, Ryan Reynolds live? I'm going to get like flagged. Literally. Yeah, they um, they live in New York. Okay, so yeah, Taylor, I feel, where would you say Taylor lives? She's kind of a citizen of the world. I don't know. I, like, not Nashville. No, not Nashville. I would say either New York or LA. I think we just know when she's in New York because that's the nature of New York. Whereas she has a compound in LA. We've never seen her leaving her house in LA because you. Here's a good point of reference. Like, during COVID, she quarantined. In LA. So that's her house. That Like of yeah. all the houses she could, like had to coop up at, like that was the best one. That's her house. You think that's the best one? Well, I, It's probably the most private one. No, like for her. It's definitely the most private one because that's LA. But if you have homes in all these places, why would you choose to pay LA taxes if you can do Tennessee? No income yeah, tax. Yeah, no. That's, and she is a businesswoman. Let's, lest me not forget. Um, maybe her permanent residence is in Tennessee and she just like makes sure to spend 180 days there. Well, I know that she spent her reputation, you know, off the grid time, mostly in Nashville. Yeah. But I just feel like wherever you chose to go during COVID, like that's your primary home. Yeah. Well, Well, you know, it kind of just makes me sad, you know, where is her home? You know, that's, she's so rich and so famous and it looks so fabulous, but you know, she's kind of untethered. Yeah. But people did spend COVID at their second homes if they had one. Also, where does Andrea Swift live? You're asking the wrong person. I actually don't know that not to be a freak. I feel like she would choose her primary residence close to her mom. Also, we haven't seen her mom in a long time. Mm. 
She's been hanging out with Travis's mom. Yeah, but her mom goes to the shows and there's been no shows. Yes. Did you hear that uh, on the toast yesterday, Heather McDonald really believes that this is like the end all be all for, t she thinks that they're going to get married and like be very traditional, get married and have kids. I hope that that's true. I've said from the beginning, like, I don't think that's the case whatsoever. But I feel like after watching Beckham, I see mm. a path forward. They wow, are that's interesting. They are the bets. Beckham. Yes. The biggest star musically and the and the biggest star athletically. And like the media pandemonium. We weren't really like, you know, conscious for it. And it yeah. also was in another country. But the insane paparazzi, the insane stories every single day. Can't escape it. It's, you're right. It, they're parallel stories. Yeah. So after seeing that, it definitely made me think like, oh, this happens and it could be something real. And I hope that it is because it's just been fun for the whole family. And by the way, if we ever got like a dinner with Travis Taylor, Posh and Beckham, I would die. Do you think? And I feel like it's not out of the realm of possibility. I feel like it is. Really? Yeah, but what you and Heather were talking about, like, pop culture predictions, like, you know, calling them. Like, I'm always wrong, I feel like. Yeah, no, but that's the part of this job. Like, you say 55 things, they're all wrong except for one, and then you get lauded as some sort of genius because you got one right. Yeah. I feel like that Like, I think not enough people talk about that. Like, I pretty much accurately predicted the name of Britney's memoir. I was going to say, not a girl, not yet a woman, and she chose another lyric from the same exact song. I'm just trying to find the woman in me. Like, you don't think so? No. No. But like not enough people talk about how we predicted Selena's song single. Yeah. Wait, how did I say it went? Like, I oh, wait, am. Like, so, like we thought it was going to be called I am single. Like I am the single. Shit, but we were wait. right about it being a single about being single. Sorry, like we're we're claiming that. Wait, what? What? How did I say it went? What was the caption of that? Like it was like that, I am single is what she said. So we thought it was going to be a single called I am. No, I remember. I'm trying to remember the song lyric so that I, I wrote. Like, I am free. I no, am. No, no. That was the chorus we eventually got to. But the original song. Yo, that, like, I, I'm too da 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 to dance. Oh. I'm too good. I'm too good at being alone. Yeah. I'm too good at. I don't remember how I sang it. To dance with your heart. Yeah. Whatever. I need to go back. Like that was. I need to just actually write that song. You do. She left it on the table. I for like you. being alone too much to dance with your heart. I like being alone too much to dance with your heart. Obsessed. That was honestly better than that song Selena released. Yeah. I'll be single soon. I'll like. Cringe. It wasn't great. It wasn't great. No. No. Are you ready for our next story? Is it the next story that's brought to you by L'Oreal? Tis. This episode of The Toast is brought to you by the new L'Oreal Paris Bright Reveal Dark Spot Serum and Broad Spectrum SPF 50 Daily Lotion. You have dark spots? Game over. I just spent so much time in the sun in LA. Like, I'm so conscious of dark spots. I've had them my whole life, and I didn't realize it was something that you could actually proactively do something about. And no more dark spots, thanks to L'Oreal. So if you've been spending a lot of time in the sun ever since summer ended, playing pickleball, and you've noticed more sunspots like I have, 
check out the L'Oreal Bright Reveal. So there's fabulous ingredients in this product like niacinamide, aminosulfonic, ferulic acid. The Dark Spot Serum is fabulous. It'll visibly fade all types of dark spots up to 40%. So that's post-acne marks, age spots, sunspots. In a clinical study over 12 weeks, experts expert grading of dark spots, age and sunspots, and post-acne marks. So after 12 weeks, you can see up to 40% less visible post-acne marks, 43% less visible dark spots, and 49 percent more even tone. In one week, you can start fading your stubborn dark spots. L'Oreal is one of my favorite beauty brands. I just think everything they make is fabulous. And also the SPF 50 Daily UV Lotion. Wearing sunblock under your makeup is a non-negotiable. The older we get, I feel like we, we forgot in the beginning and we're not forgetting anymore. So the Bright Reveal SPF 50 Daily UV Lotion is fabulous and it can visibly reduce the appearance of dark spots and resist sun-induced sides of damaging. So discover the new Bright Reveal Dark Spot Duo. Visit Target online and in-store to buy yours today. That's Target online and in-store to buy the duo today. Today's episode is also brought to you by Nine West. So Nine West is one of the world's most recognized brands. They define timeless feminine style and they translate key trends into wearable, attainable styles. I feel like Nine West is one of those brands that we have known forever and they have been good and solid and with us for years. And, you know, it's time to up your shoe game. Nine West makes shopping trends easier with their Need It Now edit, also known as the Nine edit, that highlights key trends such as Western style boots, loafers, and more. So for the perfect going out shoe, shop their F collection. The F stands for fierce and feminine heels with a 3.8 inch stiletto. They are so comfortable and they have collections of footwear. Obviously, that's what we know, but they also offer fabulous apparel, fabulous accessories, it's really just a fun brand. I think uh, every year shoe trends, it's really hard to keep up. So just go to Nine West and they got what you need. They're doing all the work for you. They have great edits on their website. Their shoes are really comfortable. They're really well made. They're really fabulous. And you can be bound for greatness as well. They are energizing a new Nine West with fashionable on brand and culturally relevant shoes that embrace sisterhood and inspire women everywhere to take on the world in style. So visit Nine West and use code TOAST at checkout. Their website is ninewest.com and using code TOAST at checkout, you will get 15% off your first purchase. That's N-I-N-E west.com. Use code TOAST for 15% off your first order. Thank you, La. You're welcome. Our next story is pretty interesting. Vanity Fair is prepping a deeply reported probe into Bravo's relationship with Housewives stars. So Vanity Fair is preparing to publish a deeply reported probe into the complicated relationships between Bravo and its stars, Page Six has learned. Sources say a reporter for the famed magazine has been interviewing cast members and other sources around the Real Housewives franchise for some six months and that the piece is slated to appear in the coming weeks. We're told the article is expected to delve into the highly demanding work lives of the Real Housewives stars and what they trade in terms of their privacy, their image, and even their mental health and relationship with alcohol in order to keep their much coveted, often highly paid roles. The journalist is really going deep into what the women go through on what's expected of them as members of the cast and members of the Bravo family, said an insider. I think it's going to explain to a lot of fans that don't really see or understand about how it really works. We hear that given Vanity Fair's reputation for rigorous, wide-ranging reporting, there have been some nerves jangling at Bravo's HQ over the piece, but network insiders say execs are well used to the spotlight being pointed at the high-profile media firm and that nobody's sweating it. Sources say that during their interview, stars have been invited to reflect on what they have given up to appear on the show, whether it's been worth it, and how much control in retrospect they feel that they really had. Meanwhile, Page Six hears the piece also looks into Bravo's various protocols and guidelines for addressing the well-beings of its stars and to what they... To what degree they are affected. Yeah. 
I feel like there's probably a lot for this journalist to get into. I think there will be some crazy things that come out. I do not think it will affect the brand at all. But this is like a recent trend. Bethany and Nini and Brandy Glanville, a lot of people have been very outspoken about um, the network's lack of care when it comes to handling their stars. I also think a lot of what you just read is kind of the nature of the business, not so much Bravo's fault. Like, yeah, a lot of these women do give, their husbands do give up their jobs to do this full time and then they end up getting fired the next season. And that's not necessarily Bravo's fault. That's the nature of reality TV. But I'm sure Bravo is responsible. And and I'm sure there's a lot of things that will come out in this article that are done at the hands of Bravo. Yeah, I think that it's a gamble that you take when you go on any reality TV show. Like it could absolutely make your career and all of that risk could be worth it and you'll be in front of an audience. Like even a Bethany, you know. Yeah. And I would say that was all worth it. But all there on the flip side, like you might be one season wonder and in that one season, like you've, you've embarrassed lose your family. Everything. Your husband loses his job. Like you lose your house. Like it's a risk. I was actually, when I was just reading Molly May's book, she was an influencer before she went on Love Island. And she was like, I knew that going on the show, like I was risking like embarrassing myself and not never coming back from that. But the reward from it is also incredibly great if it goes well. And for her, obviously it did. So there's pros and cons. I kind of just feel like this article could be written Towards whatever. About any network. Well, yes, but also towards whatever end they want it to be. It could also, you could write a whole article about what all these women have gained from the show. And like yes. a sense, there could be a flattering article about the independence of some of these yes. women. The businesses that they've built. But yes, of course, it could also be about the trolls and the terrible things. But it really is a choice that every reality star and also housewife has to make. It's like, it's all of the potential success worth the damage to your reputation to your mental health if it doesn't go well and also every season is different like you could have a mm -hmm. great season and then you could experience all of those things it you know like Erica Jane yep 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 I also would be really curious to know um because for my POV this is very much like a housewives thing when I think of other Bravo shows like Summer House and Vanderpump Rules like I don't think of it as toxically as housewives do you know what I mean yeah, but I would also argue because maybe some of them aren't as popular. They're not as popular. popular. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this is just like a, a general theme that we've seen. We spoke about it with that guy from Love is Blind about how, you know, reality TV is just very unregulated. There's no union. There's no protection for the stars. And yes, a lot of them come out and Bethany, $150 million businesses. Like, and some of them aren't as big as that, but they make a lot of money. But then there are always the untold stories of that guy, Nick from Love is Blind, who's on the verge of being homeless. Yeah, it's like depending on who they choose to interview, you could write any story. You could, well, now Bethany sings a different tune. But if you interviewed Melissa Gorga, I would say is a good example of like, I, of the show being great for her. Or yeah. are we interviewing Lynn from who's the Lynn? OC? Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Who do you think that they're going to talk to? I think they'll talk to Bethany and Nene. I think they'll talk to a lot of former stars. I don't know if any current stars like are allowed to engage with this or even would. No, they would not. Bravo's the hand that feeds them. So if you're currently you know, but they you know, might, making they money. They might talk and say positive things. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, the, unless the Bravo sent out like a memo. positively about it. Yeah. 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 But it's just this catch-22 of reality TV, right? Like we like to watch crazy people doing crazy things but those things and those it has consequences like oh my god I would never do a reality show like really never yeah 
it's just not worth it. No, for me, like I would look at the the risks and the rewards and I would say, no, thank you. Yeah. But uh, for other people, like they would feel the opposite and the, there are rewards and it pays off of a course. lot of the time. Yeah. But you have to be prepared for if it doesn't. Yes. And that's why that those are like the hardest stories when, you know, one season wonders who really thought that this was going to change your life, like buy bigger houses and their husbands quit their jobs. Like that's irresponsible. Yeah. Well, there's also, there are people who like are actively irresponsible, but then there are people who like, you know, they do the show and it just doesn't pan out the way, like they didn't even make bad choices. It's just like, they don't get a second season or, yeah. you know, the, the husband's company doesn't like him being on the show fired. And it's yeah. like, I didn't even do anything. Right. Like the association, a lot of times their kids are asked to leave the schools. Yeah. I feel like this article won't be like that shocking for maybe like you or I or listeners of our yes. show who are like so deep into like, you know, following so many housewives and like knowing their personal stories, but maybe for like a more passive casual viewer, it will yes. be shocking. Shocking. That's a good point. So TBD on that. Everybody thinks that they know us. Are you ready for our fifth and final story? I really am. SAG-AFTRA is telling its members to not dress up as characters uh, from struck companies for Halloween. And Mandy Moore is not fucking having it. Did you see what she posted on Instagram? No, what did she say? So this this thing went viral. Yeah. Like, because uh, I think a lot of people would dress up as Barbie and Ken. I think that's what inspired it. And SAG was like, just a reminder, it's considered crossing the picket line to dress up for Halloween as a character from a, a SAG film. And Mandy Moore posted it and was like, are you fucking serious? Like, can we get back to the table? A lot of people have sacrificed a lot of things. A lot of people are not working. And this is what you're reminding us about? Like, get back to work. We just lost. The, the execs just walked away. We're back at square one. Is this really what we should be focusing on right now? No, they're out of control. Insane. And you know what? I was just, when I was in LA, I was getting my makeup done. And she was telling me how, this, how the strike has really been really hard for her because she does a lot of um, celebrities, not on on set, but to go to premieres right. and promotional events and interviews. And so that's just like another layer of people who are not protected by SAG right, and who, who have been affected. severely impacted by the um, strike. And it's just, it's a long time now. And I, I agree with Mandy Moore. Like, seriously, this is a waste of your time. Yeah. Like, that's not moving the needle on the discussion. No. SAG-AFTRA released guidelines for members looking to celebrate Hall Halloween this year while also staying in solidarity with the strike. That means union members can hang up their Oppenheimer pork pie hats and put away their Barbie pink. They said, choose costumes inspired by generalized characters and figures, ghosts, zombie, spider, etc. Everyone's showing up to Casamigos Halloween party as, as a spider. spider. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> the Guild also suggests actors, quote, don't post photos of costumes inspired by struck content to social media as to not give the studios any additional publicity. A SAG-AFTRA fights for a better contract with AMPTP. Striking actors are prohibited from doing press for struck shows and films. The Post encourages members to dress up as characters from non-struck content, like an animated TV show. Oh, I'm within the guidelines. Oh, am I? I'm not. Well, that turd is not. For, no, okay. A turd is cross. So, so if you dress up as a struck character, whatever struck means, I'm just going to go with it. Um, are you a scab? Anyone dress up as Barbie this year, scab? No, because we're, you're not in the union. So all this time when people's calling us scab for, be, for like asking questions, I wasn't a scab? 
Actually, I don't know. Do you have to be in the union to be a scab? Yeah, 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 exactly. Because the pe- No, 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 you don't have to be. Because remember we were saying the people who might like take a job? Yes, yes, yes. So anyone who dresses as Barbie this year is a scab. I'm just putting that out wow. there. Wow, wow. Wow. Also, our costumes this year are SAG compliant. They are. We are SAG compliant. This is just like, in my opinion, such a waste of energy and, and promotion. Like, and... You know, I was supposed to meet Fran Drescher this week because at this panel I did, which was a variety event for anti-Semitism, she was a keynote speaker. And because of all the sad drama, she's you know back negotiating. She was unable to attend. So I, I hope this isn't what she was working on. Like, come on. No. People need to work. No, this is... I just like miss the days when the sad drama was like the biggest drama. You know, that's why I chose this story. Like, I miss sag. I agree. I we miss was so talking simple about... Then. Sagafstra, and they love saying it too. And you say it weird, Sagafstra. Yeah, you can't say it without adding an S after the F. No, r- watch me, Sagafstra. Sounds wrong, Sagafstra. That's that. Not only does that sound wrong, it is wrong. I just miss it. Bring me back. Yeah, I agree. To the simple times. The simple times when all we were arguing about was Sagafstra. Afstra. Um, well, a thank sag you for that story. Sag I love that. Take me back. Please. Take me back. That's our show. That's our week. Yeah. Hope everybody had a good week. Has some nice, enjoyable plans for the weekend. Take some time for yourself. Recharge, renew, restore, rebirth. sag Sag extra strong, you guys. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Toast of Millennium Morning Show where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, please don't forget to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as podcasts anywhere. Podcasts can be found on Spotify, Junior Sister, Public Radio, I already catch box on the place, maybe it's in podcast, find us at Toast of Millennium Morning Show. And wickedly talented we are. Hope you guys have an amazing day. Don't forget to get your copy of The Camper and the Counselor. Don't forget to get your copy. It's hard to find a copy these days, but they do exist. I have, um, I've been updating my Instagram with places that you can get copies. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million. Shout out to Books A Million. I don't think they ever were out of stock. I think they go by BAM. BAM. Yeah, I think they rebranded. BAM. A fucking bullet rips off party ahead. BAM. The camper and the counselor rips off part of your head. Which the camper and the counselor would never do. Also, people are loving the camper and the counselor. I've gotten so many messages about how like they're addicted. There's something addictive about the book. My theory. It's the colors. Is it's the animation because it looks like, you know, a Disney show just like in a book format. So it's like, okay, not all kids want to choose to read a book over watching TV, but it kind of like fuses both. Yep, 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 yep. That's my theory as to why the kids love it. Theory? Theorized. I had a lot of theories today. I'm like the Pythagorean theorem. You're like a theorist. I, I mean, I am a theorist. Yes. And that's what we do on the show, generally theorize. speaking, is we theorize. But I feel like today I had a lot of theories for a Friday. Thank you, guys. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.